Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. All right, now I'm going to talk briefly about the sponsors that make this podcast possible. And keep in mind that all the money from these sponsors goes towards hiring outdoor journalism interns. This year, we've hired three interns and paid them $15 per hour. And over the course of this podcast, we've hired seven different interns, not only helping us report on Oregon's outdoors, but also teaching young college students journalistic skills that they can carry forward. Plus, it's a pretty fun internship anyway. They get to travel outdoors, report about the environment. It's a good gig, and these sponsors make it possible. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that before we get rolling. So this part you'll recognize. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast, which reminds you that winter safety is paramount, especially during the king tides and heavy rains that characterize this season. King tides result from the gravitational pull of the moon and sun and can cause exceptionally high tides that flood coastal areas at specific moments. Stay informed, heed warnings, and be prepared for rapidly changing conditions to ensure winter safety on the Oregon coast. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department invites Oregonians to explore parks this fall and winter to experience the beauty of those seasons. If you're camping, remember to get firewood from sources local to your destination to avoid bringing invasive insects, such as the devastating emerald ash borer, into parks. This will help preserve the health of Oregon's forests for seasons to come. Learn more about protecting Oregon's ash trees at stateparks.oregon.gov. All right, in today's episode, we're picking our favorite combination of outdoor adventures and places to eat or drink across the state. We're going to be joined by excellent guidebook author Matt Wastradowski, a longtime friend of the podcast, and it's going to be a fun one. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, well, in today's episode, we are going to keep it lighthearted, straightforward, and just a little bit buzzed, but not drunk, I promise. I'm joined today by excellent Oregon Outdoor Guidebook author, Matt Wastradowski, and we're going to each pick five of our favorite Oregon Outdoor Adventures and pair it with a place to eat or get a beer. So that's pretty straightforward, right? So first off, welcome, Matt. Thank you for joining me here in the depths of December for this nice, lighthearted topic. Thank you so much, Zach. It's good to be uh, back chatting with you. All right. So before we get rolling and picking these great places to explore and dine, Matt has a new book out that we are going to talk a little bit here at the top. The title is pretty simple. It's Moon Oregon with a subhead reading Coastal Getaways, Craft Beer and Wine, Hiking and Camping, so that covers a lot of it, but Matt, what's what's this book all about? Uh, to make a long story short, it's about the best things to do in Washington State. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <clears throat> this this particular guidebook is about well played, well played. You, I, I was just like, wait a second, my brain was like slowly turning over, and I was like, that son of a gun. All right, keep going. Yeah, sorry, couldn't help myself. Um, yeah, this book is about it, like the like the title says, all of the best things to do in Oregon. I've written. This is my third guidebook for moon travel guides. The first was about hikes in Oregon. The second was about the best things to do in the Columbia River Gorge and around Mount Hood. And this one takes a broader look at the entire state with hiking trails, hotels, restaurants, breweries, wineries, um, trying to capture the unique and fascinating things about Oregon for people who might not be super familiar with them. Yeah. And Matt, you were previously on, and again, you, you know, we talked about the Columbia Gorge. 
you, you know, you mentioned some of the other books you've done as well, but what makes this one stick out? Is it just, are you taking like that sort of brand that you've established and just applying it statewide or like what makes it unique compared to your other ones? Yeah, this one is similar to the guide to the Columbia Gorge and Mount Hood, <clears throat> but it takes, you know, like you said, a, a, a more broader view, paints a broader picture of the, the whole state. Um, but one thing we really tried to capture with this book was the state's outdoor adventures. Oregon has such a wide range of ways to enjoy the outdoors. And even if you're not someone who considers yourself outdoorsy, you will still find plenty to love about the natural surroundings in Oregon. And hopefully, you know, you're able to pair those adventures with, you know, a great place to grab a bite to eat, grab, grab a beer afterwards, stay in a nice hotel or see in a campground. Um, yeah, that was, that was kind of the, the outdoor aspect of it was a really big push from the publisher. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot a yeah. little bit here. Um, what was a place that you traveled that you had not been before, but really stuck out to you, like a region of the state? I think one of the one of the adventures that I enjoyed most was traveling. I did a road trip up and down the Oregon coast. And part of that was traveling to the southern coast, which I have a little bit of experience with but i didn't have a ton so to be able to go down there and spend three or four days on the south coast researching this guidebook um it was a real treat because i got to you know it wasn't passing through it wasn't a one-day thing i really got to head down there and stick around for a few days and you know it it, it rained on me it was blue skies another day it was it was all over the place. It was October when I when I went down there, so I kind of got the the whole uh, the whole picture, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think that's yeah. I was gonna say the South Coast can feel like a different part of the coast in a lot of ways. Totally. Like like it just it, it's so isolated, and you don't really think of it that way because you know one hundred and one goes up and down the entire state, but yeah. like the South Coast is just it just has a different vibe, a different like isolated feel. Um, yeah, and you get down to some of those areas like um, Gold Beach, Brookings. It's if you're in Oregon, it's not that easy to get there. Um, you know, if you're coming from the from you know, let's say Grants Pass, you basically have to go down to California yeah. and back into Oregon to reach some of those communities. And I think that that sense of isolation is, as you mentioned, is something that um, it stops a lot of people. But the people who do head out there really really have a lot to love some really beautiful viewpoints you've got the the boardman corridor which is really scenic um some really fun communities you got the rogue river there so yeah there's there's a lot to love down there for sure all right well you can order matt's book online or pick it up at your local bookstore but in the spirit of the book and in the spirit of oregon spirits let's see what i did there we are gonna travel around the states each picking our favorite combination outdoor adventure and then a place to eat or drink. I had a lot of fun when you were doing this uh, on the Columbia Gorge podcast. So I just thought, why don't we just expand it to the whole state? Why do we, we don't have to just keep it in the Columbia Gorge. So I can't think of anything more fun to do. And especially now, I mean, this early December is pretty brutal when we've got this rain. There's no mountain snow. It's just it's depressing. So I want to think about fun things to do. So, Matt, you're the guest. And I'm going to defer to you for our first pick. So where are you going to bring in us to play and then imbibe? Yeah. So my, my first thought when you first proposed this topic <clears throat> was the Wallawa Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been out there a few times in recent summers, and you can spend an entire day paddling on, on Wallawa Lake with the mountains around you. Hiking atop Mount Howard, where you can see into, I believe, three states. Um, you can even take a rail riders outing. That's a kind of a bike-like contraption that has been retrofitted to run on disused rail tracks just outside Joseph. Um, you can spend all day having all kinds of really fun outdoor adventures out there in the Wallawas, and head to Terminal Gravity Brewing in Enterprise afterward for an excellent beer, a burger, other good pub grub with views of those very same peaks that you've been um, hanging out around all day long. Yeah, that's such a good pick. I mean, I think terminal gravity, like if you like if you took 
all the outdoor travel writers in the state and we're like, you know, where's your favorite place to like get a beer after, after, you know, a long day outdoors. I feel like terminal gravity would be on every single person's list because that yeah. place is just so peaceful. Like you're sitting outdoors. There's like a little Creek meandering through. Um, it's just the definition of, of, of peaceful. I would add that, you know, I've, I've gone to this place a couple times after backpacking in, uh, in the Eagle caps or doing a little mm-hmm. mountain climb in the Eagle caps. So along with the stuff you mentioned, uh, can totally do that. So great first pick. Um, okay. So for my first one, I am going to do a winter adventure. And what I'm going to try to do here is, um, manifest snow into existence because right now it's just it's a huge bummer in the mountains we keep getting these systems of these pineapple express systems of rain and so we'll get snow like 20 inches of snow and then a bunch of rain just melts it and it's just it's bumming me out it's bumming out a lot of people so by mentioning it here i'm i'm going to attempt to kickstart the snow <laughs> um, or at least that that's my strategy um, i appreciate it so yeah right so the, the place i'm going to mention is um uh, the outdoor adventure is going to take you up to Gold Lake Snow Park. Uh, so that's right up on Willamette Pass, southeast of Eugene. Um, and yeah, so I, you can do a bunch of trips out of Gold Lake Snow Park. Um, I really like cross-country skiing to Gold Lake, and there's a little snow shelter there. One thing I like about it is it's a great beginner-friendly cross-country ski trip. So you can actually rent skis in Oak Ridge if you need to get skis for somebody. And then the cool thing about the trip to to Gold Lake is you're just following a closed, snowed-over Forest Service road. It's very gradual. It's very peaceful. It's very pretty. And then uh, after about 2.5 miles, you get to a snow shelter where you can kind of hang out. You can actually have a little fire in there. Uh, there's little viewpoints of the snowed over, iced over lake, and it just makes for a perfect, you know, very beginner friendly cross country ski trip. Um, there are other places, more challenging stuff you can do around there. There's also Willamette Pass downhill skiing right there. So there's a lot of different options. Um, but I would definitely end it by going to Odell Lake Lodge, which is just this idyllic little wooden cabin of a resort nestled in the snow they put like christmas lights up on it when you go there at night like on one of those dark december nights and there's snow it's just it's so peaceful and the food is just delicious there um there's a a big room with like a a roaring fireplace so you can have a drink and sit in front of the fire and man it's peaceful um it's uh, odell lake lodge so matt have you been to odell lake before um i haven't spent a ton of time there um, but one thing I really like about this pick is the Odell Lake region is so, so, so popular in summer. Yeah. And then when winter comes around, it really, really gets quiet. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it is I, the little time I have spent there. Yeah, you have these beautiful mountain peaks in the Cascades. Seeing the snowed over lake is all kinds of fun. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful region down there. Yeah, and it has it just has like a Swiss Alps kind of chalet sort of feel to it. Like when, when you're in there, you just feel like you're like in this little world. Um, I would also mention like uh, it's, you can stay overnight at Odell Lake Lodge uh, mm-hmm. in the winter. And then if that's packed up, which it sometimes is, there's a place on the other side of the lake called Shelter Cove um, that actually has, it's, it's like sacrilege, but I, I actually kind of liked the cabins there a little bit better. They're a little <laughs> more modern. There's a little bit more space, um, but they're both great. But it's really fun to yeah. stay overnight and then you can get up, you know, go skiing early, you know, go out in the backcountry early. So much to love about Willamette Pass in the winter. So that's uh, my first pick. Uh, where, where are you taking us with your number two, Matt? Yeah. So with my second pick, I'm cheating a little bit. I have one outdoor adventure and then I have two restaurants uh, for after um, afterward. One is one of my absolute favorite hikes in all of Oregon. It is the hike from Dry Creek Falls in the heart of Cascade Locks to Dry Creek Falls itself. Um, You follow the Pacific Crest Trail through um, early on, especially a forest that was burned in the 2017 wildfire that is really beautiful in the sense that you get to see this regrowth. You get to see wildflowers in spring. You hear nutcrackers going to town on these old trees. You see ferns. You see other undergrowth really coming back. And it's you see it's not just the, the, the destruction. It's also the rebirth and regrowth. 
It's really, really beautiful. So you finish at this scenic waterfall in this kind of basalt bowl that's really, really beautiful. And then you come back down to the trailhead. You're right in the middle of Cascade Locks. So what I love to do is grab a meal and beer at Thunder Island Brewing Company. They opened a new pub in the heart of downtown Cascade Locks a couple of years ago. It's a two-story building with a ton of patio seating, which obviously fills up on beautiful sunny days. And then I like to walk down the street to the Eastwind Drive-In, which is kind of an old school drive-in walk-up uh, grilled food spot, and grab an ice cream cone and enjoy some soft serve and revel in the, the beautiful hike that I just did. Well, that's a great pick, Matt. I, you know, Dry Creek Falls is is a favorite of mine too. I uh, a couple of years ago, actually, just last year, I spent a couple of days in Cascade Locks and and like just spent time in the town. And it's it's a town with so much to offer because there's so much cool stuff nearby, especially in the fall. I really liked it in the fall after the crowds had left, the rain had picked up. You're getting some fall colors. Really like Cascade Locks uh, that time of year. And sometimes people will be selling fresh salmon. Uh, the uh, in in some of the little parking lots there. So lots of like, I have a question for you though. So when you do Dry Creek Falls, do you do it as a loop or an out and back? And I ask because I, I did a loop there once where I kind of went up the normal route you described and then came back and it sort of like looped me through the town where you could actually stop at those places to eat on the way back. And so you could like turn the, the food and waterfall into one holistic trip. Is that how you usually do it? Or do you do one first and then the other? No, I've always done one first and then the other. I've always done it as an out and back. I will be completely honest with you. I didn't know you could do it as a loop that takes you straight through Cascade Locks. That is such a cool, um, that's such a cool way to do it. It's not like a obvious one and you you sort of mm -hmm. have to like navigate, like you have to, you have to walk a, an access road for a while, but there's like an alternate little trailhead. And so you just walk down to the trailhead, walk the gravel road, and that takes you into some neighborhoods into town. So I'm not going to say it's like an obvious or like super awesome, like no brainer route at all. It takes a little, it's a little wonky, um, sure. but it was kind of cool because you get to sort of like combine everything into one. It, it's got kind of the, you know, the nature and, and the, you know, the town side all in one. So anyway. All right. So uh, my number two pick here, I'm uh, we talked about, you know, how the South Coast is kind of like a different part of the state, it feels different. So I'm, I'm going to take us down to Southern Oregon, the Rogue, Rogue Valley area uh, for a Rogue River float. That's going to be kind of the focus of this one. So this is definitely a summertime pick and it's going to bring you to my old stomping grounds, uh, Grants Pass, where I lived for five years and worked for the newspaper down there. And so what I'm going to propose here is a day float on the Rogue River and then a meal in nearby Merlin or Grants Pass. So let's, let's talk about the float first. There are a million ways to have a day float on the Rogue River. It's really going to depend on your level of experience, what you're comfortable with. But the river is beautiful and there's a lot of like class one or just class two runs where, you know, they're, they're mostly safe. You can get an inflatable kayak, you can rent one and you get a little advice from the locals and you can pull it off even if you don't know the area too well. I mean, I'd suggest having a little experience with it, but it's, it's definitely doable. There's also outfitters there that can make it happen. Um, my favorite area to do these day floats is, uh, the Galice, um, Hellgate Canyon area, you know, it's somewhere in that region. There's kind of two floats you can do in there, both, you know, mostly class two stuff. So you can't get into too much trouble. Mm -hmm. I'd mentioned that th this area has had, uh, you know, a few issues, um, recently the Rum Creek fire from a few years ago. Um, you know, it kept one of the roads closed, it burned a little bit down there. That's not new for the Rogue River that happens a lot. And I wouldn't dissuade you from going on the river, but it did lead to some wonkiness last summer. Hopefully that's going to be fixed this summer. And then RIP, like in any other year um, or historically as a place to eat, I would have 1000% picked the world famous Scalise Resort, yeah. which the best, oh my gosh, it had a deck overlooking the river where there would be music playing and just really good food. Uh, but unfortunately that burned down. Um, a couple of years ago, it was one of the more depressing moments in recent Oregon history, but I do want to shout out, uh, Galise report, Galise resorts, uh, you know, RIP. So what I did is like, I didn't have like an obvious 
pick for a place to eat. And so I kind of threw it out to some of my old friends to, you know, where, where's the place to get a bite after being on the river all day. And so I got a couple favorite spots in Grants Pass and Merlin and areas that kind of won out that I kept hearing over and over were Area 61 Tap House in Merlin. Uh, so that's right in the town. That's a gateway to the river, a great place to like rent inflatable kayaks or something like that. And then if you continue into Grants Pass, which is very close, um, there's a new place called Weekend Beer Company that not, not only includes great beers, but there's also a whole bunch of food trucks. And then my old standby, the place that I probably drank at the most when I was a young man living down there, the local watering hole is called the Laughing Clam. <laughs> and it's right on in downtown Grants Pass on G Street. It's just a awesome place to hear some music and you know so that's my second pick matt do you have grants pass experience have you been down there and experienced the charms of the state of jefferson oh my goodness yes absolutely adore grants pass uh <laughs> it it feels like whatever outdoor experience you want is at your doorstep in grants pass you have the rogue river <clears throat> i will confess i've never floated the rogue river but i so I don't know how to swim, not a very good swimmer anyway, and have always been nervous about floats like that. Um, you know, what happens if, if, if I fall in? But then this summer I went floating on another river in Oregon, loved every second of it. And after hearing you talk about it, it's rapidly moving to the top of my list of things I need to do in Grants Pass. It's, but um, it, it needs to be at the top of your list because, I mean, we can yeah. put you like I like I bring my raft down there like it's it's so good. So yeah. we're going to make that happen. Oh, I can't wait because um, last summer I did the jet boat tour into Hell's Canyon and are into, um, yeah, into Hellgate Canyon, sorry. And was just completely amazed by the, you, you know, you go out from downtown Grants Pass, you go through, um, you know, neighborhoods, there are houses lighting the river. And then as you get toward Hellgate Canyon, just the walls really just rise from the, the, the rock walls rise from the river and it's such a beautiful, just, it feels so, feels so remote, even though you're, you're not that far from Grants Pass, it feels so remote. And I also have to say weekend beer company was a really, really great recommendation for, for where to go afterward. I went there for the first time last summer, really enjoyed the beer. They have a wide variety of styles. It's all really dialed in. The tap room itself is really, it's, it's really spacious. They have some TVs in there. And then the outdoor patio, obviously Grants Pass, sunny, mm -hmm. sunny, sunny destination. And you can enjoy that on a really big patio. The food trucks are great. They had, I think, some cornhole um, boards set up. And so really, really great energy there. So, yeah, that sounds like an incredible day of adventure that you just lined up. Yeah, it's it's the climate. Um, if you've never yep. been down to Grants Pass, they have a giant sign uh, that says it's the climate. It's more of a statement <laughs> than a slogan, but that's OK. We still uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, my friends mentioned, um, you know, I bring my kids on a lot of adventures and they said that Weekend Beer Company is, is a great place to have like kids can kind of run around and that's OK. So that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting down there. I, I lived there for five years. It was really hard to leave. Um, oh, and I now I just, I just haven't gotten back there as much as I would like to. So. Uh, need to need to remedy that soon. So let's see here. Okay, you're bringing us uh, number three. What you got? Yes, I would suggest spending some time along the Cascade Lake Scenic Byway, which begins in Bend and heads southeast from the city before looping back toward Highway 97 around Lapine. And I, I'll I'll say that we'll get into the activities you can enjoy along the byway. And then I would say once you get back to Bend, grabbing a beer at Boss Rambler Beer Club. So um, as far as the adventure goes, whatever you enjoy about the outdoors, you can do that along the Cascade Lake Scenic Byway. It takes you into the heart of the Cascades and some of Oregon's best known, best loved, most popular, whatever you want to call it, hiking trails, backpacking trails are they begin along the highway and they head up toward Broken Top, South Sister, some of the other peaks around there. You can even do easier hikes. Like if you want to hike around Todd Lake, it's a really beautiful hike with views of Broken Top and Mount Bachelor. You can hike out to Sparks Lake where views of South Sister are pretty apparent. It points along the trail. You can go paddling in the namesake lakes along the highway. You can spend the night in one of the many dispersed campsites. You can go stargazing because there's such little light pollution. Really, whatever you want to do, as long as the sun is shining, <laughs> the views are 
um, some of the best in Oregon. So I, even if I'm just driving, like I, I lived in Bend for about two years and there would be afternoons where I didn't feel like doing any more work. It was a beautiful day. I would just get in my car, drive out, pull over at um, roadside pullouts and just take in the views of the mountains, enjoy sunset and um, really savor, savor those views. So that would be the adventure. And then Boss Rambler Beer Club is a pretty new brewery. I think it opened in about 2019. And it's it's it does a lot of really good hazy IPAs, a lot of really good lagers, some sours. They have some boozy slushies that taste absolutely perfect on 90 degree August afternoons. Um, they have a fire pit out front, nice big patio. They have a food truck that dishes some really good smash burgers on site. So, yeah, Boss Rambler just there's a there's a really fun, upbeat energy there that I really appreciate. And they're making some of the best beers in Bend. So when I'm, when I'm wrapping up my adventures for the day, that's usually the first place I look. That man, dis- the way you described it in such a great way. And it also has an awesome name. Boss Rambler beer club is just, <laughs> that's, that's just a good name. And I, I appreciate you mentioning it. Cause like when I've gone to Bend, I like, I'm a little embarrassed to say that, like I got so used to just going to that 10 barrel brew yep. pub. Like that yep. just was sort of a, it's been a default for like way too long. And I need to be a little bit more sophisticated in my choices <laughs> in the Bend area. So I appreciate you helping me out there. And yeah, man, as far as the Cascade Lakes scenic highway goes, you're not wrong. There's there's more stuff than you could ever imagine out there. I think my favorite spot is uh, Hosmer Lake in the spring, yes. doing some some fly fishing out there or like paddling around a stand up paddleboard or something. It's, it's just a cool lake because it feels like more like a river. It's very shallow, kind of marshy. It actually used to be more of a marsh. They put a little dam in it and rose it up, mm. but it's just, it's so scenic. And uh, so I miss Hosmer Lake. I want to get, want to get back there again and do some fishing. So there you go. All right. Um, my number three. Okay. So for my third pick, like I am heading out to the Oregon high desert in the uh, South central part of the state. So we're talking about the Christmas Valley area, summer Lake, silver Lake area, there's a there's a plenty of outdoor adventures you can do out there. Just just a ton of them. Uh, if you can reserve Hager Mountain Lookout, that is the best trip overall. That is a it's a ski or snowshoe up to a mountain fire lookout that you can rent in the winter. It is not easy to rent just like all of the fire lookouts in Oregon. It's you got to go on recreation.gov and you got to get lucky or look for a cancellation because they fill up. But if you can get it, it's an amazing trip. It's quite challenging. Uh, you have to carry all your gear up about 2000 feet in the snow. But, you know, if you if you can make it happen and you're sitting on top of the mountain uh, looking out at the high desert on one side, the Cascades on the other, it's about as good as it gets. If you can't get that or you're not really up for it, uh, other options nearby include Fort Rock State Park. Uh, just a great, easy hike through this kind of big coliseum. It really looks like the coliseum, uh, except it's yeah. of, of stone. Uh, just interesting, interesting geologic area. It used to be like a, a shallow ocean, um, yeah. you know, back many millennia ago. So that place is really cool. And then crack in the ground, um, uh, which is a very accurate description of it because it's just a crack in the ground that you can hike into. Um <laughs> And uh, so when you're out there, um, the place to eat, I think the, the, the place to eat here is kind of the star of the show. That's kind of why I thought of it uh, as mm-hmm. we, were, we were planning on doing this. And that is, it sounds like, you know, what I'm going to mention, but is the Cowboy Tree Diner, which is like the definition of like a ranch in the middle of nowhere. Like it, it doesn't feel like any other place uh, that you can get food <laughs> in the state. You got to call in advance to make a reservation. But when you arrive, you're, you have two options. Just not, like it's not a menu with a whole bunch of different things you got to read through. There's two options and it's a gigantic top sirloin steak or a entire whole roasted chicken. So <laughs> you better come hungry because it's a massive amount of delicious food. No beer here, uh, but they do make yep. a mean lemonade. Uh, so anyway, Cowboy Tree Diner is kind of like a bucket list eat spot in, in Oregon. And then there's lots of outdoor stuff you can do around it. It sounds like you have you been to Cowboy Tree? I have. I went. I went a few years ago, and um, one thing I would add: it is cash only, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which um, is there aren't many ATMs nearby, so that's something people want to plan ahead for. But yeah, I went. I went a couple of years ago, and I got the top sirloin steak. I have never been so full in all my life, Zach. I had, I had just finished up a trip to Crater Lake, and I was making my way back north, and I was taking the the very scenic route. 
I, I made, I was lucky enough to make a same day reservation there in, um, uh, in the middle of summer lucked out once in a lifetime, but, um, yeah, had, had, um, at least a few bites of my top sirloin steak and then, um, just, yeah, just a spectacular dinner. I think you get salad rolls, beans, uh, you get a baked potato It yeah, yeah you, if you, if you leave there hungry, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's a, so it's a wonderful gone spot. Terribly wrong. How close did you get to to finishing your steak? Oh, not even. No, oh, I, <laughs> I think I probably, I'd say I finished about a third of it. Yeah. Cause they kind of bring in, bring the different courses out one at a time. And so, um, I, my eyes were definitely bigger than my stomach and I would see, you know, Oh, these baked beans are so delicious. And I'd like load up on those, had a ton of rolls and, um, my, my plan to pace myself went terribly awry. It's, it's really hard to do. Yeah. I wonder what the, like the, like how many people, like what's the percentage of people that go in there that finish the entire meal? Cause I cannot oh. imagine that it's very high. <laughs> no, I would love to know that to be completely honest. I, how they do it. I don't know how many people have done it. I, I, I would love to know that for sure. Tiffany Roddy with Roseburg Forest Products. As a professional forester, I was drawn to Oregon by the trees and the vastness of Oregon's majestic outdoors. I'm proud to work for a family-owned, fully integrated wood products company with a deep commitment to our industry and our communities. Roseburg's sustainably managed timberlands are open for recreation and provide natural wood products that help make people's lives better from the ground up. We are proud members of AFRC, sponsor of the Explore Oregon podcast. Learn more at amforest.org. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. The Tillamook Coast welcomes you for local coastal adventures. And while we invite you to explore the natural beauty of Oregon's coast during the winter season, we also advise you to be aware of winter weather and plan for it. You may picture yourself hiking through lush forests, beachcombing along rocky shores, or discovering tide pools teeming with life. Yes, the Tillamook Coast offers a unique playground for outdoor enthusiasts and nature lovers alike. But nature's power is undeniable, especially during king tides and heavy rains. Stay safe by checking tide schedules and monitoring coastal flood warnings. Always keep an eye on weather forecasts and road conditions. Remember to pack essentials like water, flashlights, and warm clothing. If you plan to hike, avoid areas prone to landslides during or after heavy rainfall. Explore our region's winter wonders, but do so with safety in mind and a deep respect for the forces of nature. To learn more about winter weather on the Tillamook Coast, visit TillamookCoast.com and plan your unforgettable winter journey. Well, we have reached number four. We're at your number four pick. So what you got for us? Yeah, I don't think this is anything that uh, if you spend any time on the Northern Oregon coast, this won't come as a shock, but it's a place that's deeply personal to me. It is hiking to the end of Cape Falcon, enjoying the beach at Short Sand Cove, and then getting lunch at Ecola Seafood in Cannon Beach. Um, when I first got into hiking, probably about 15 years ago, Cape Falcon was one of the first places that my the the friend who got me into hiking, also my roommate, he he pointed that out and said, hey, let's give this a shot. We went out on, I think it was a spring day and <clears throat> hiked through this really massive mossy rainforest just covered in sitka spruce trees um hiked all the way out to the edge of cape falcon and you have short sand cove just just to the north you have neoconi mountain rising up above you have the pacific ocean you know 270 degree view of the pacific ocean if it's if it's um Late winter or middle of spring, it's a great place to go whale watching for migrating gray whales. Um, it's yeah, it was one of the first places that really jumped out to me when I got into hiking, and the views are incredible. It's a pretty mellow. It's I think it's about five and a half miles round trip, 
I want to say the elevation gains probably 250 to 300 feet. It's not too, it's not too overbearing, but the views are incredible. And then, um, you just head back up to, uh, you head back up to Cannon Beach and Ecola Seafood is kind of one of the classic seafood spots in town. They actually have a few, I think at least one or two boats that they send out and uh, we'll come back. And there are times where you can get seafood that was literally in the ocean just a few hours ago, which is kind of a cool experience. And yeah, you, you're, you're going to get filled up for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love Cape Falcon. Um, and then, you know, the short sands gets a little crowded there. Um, so yep. I like, I, yep. you know, I like, I like going there in the off season um, if you can do it. And also, you know, we did a, uh, you know, one of my interns, uh, Mackenzie did a piece on surfing, uh, on the Oregon yeah. coast last year. And, uh, you know, this is obviously short sand beach or short sand cove, whatever you want to call it is a, is a popular spot. Uh, to surf. And so I've meant to learn how to surf. I've wanted to do it like for a decade or something now. Haven't got around to it, but uh, my intern got to do it. And so she did a kind of a fun podcast uh, where she talked with the uh, owner of Ozzy's Surf Shop and uh, kind of broke it down. And again, made me want to do it, but still haven't gotten around to it. (laughs) One Um, day, right? One day. Yes, one day. Um, Okay, so I'm going to get my number four pick in here. And, you know, so far, you know, most of our picks have been to places that are pretty far afield, like out in wild, remote regions of the state. But there's no reason we can't pick some hyper local spots. So I'm going to head to Eugene and uh, pick a couple of Eugene's best hikes and finish it up with a stop at a place that uh, I've visited so many times uh, to visit <laughs> for dinner. So yeah, I'm going to start off. You know, these are two very well-known hikes in Eugene, so I'm not going to be breaking any news here. Um, Spencer's Buttes, uh, probably the most popular hike in the Willamette Valley, I, I would dare to say. Um, steep hike to the top, but incredible views of the city, the surrounding forest. Um, yeah, Spencer's Butte. if you haven't done it, it's a great thing to do uh, in track town. And then uh, one that's a little bit longer, a little bit steeper, a little bit longer um, is uh, Mount Pisgah. And uh, that one's good in the spring. You can get some wildflowers. You can get up to the top there. And again, great views of track town, USA. So after that, you know, obviously Eugene has plenty of great places to eat, but I've just, I've gone to this place called Fisherman's Market like <laughs> a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And there's so much to love about this. It's just kind of a small little spot, but it has this, these amazing halibut fish and chips. And the key here is there's just a ton of delightful sauces that can go with yeah. it. They have something like 12 sauces and you can put them in the, you can just like squirt them out and into the little like, you know, holders. And sometimes I'll have like five different sauces just sitting there and I'm like dunking them <laughs> in different places. It just always makes me really happy. So yeah, you know, Spencer's Butte, Mount Pisgah, and then Fisherman's Markets are my Eugene close to home picks. Yeah, those are some great picks. And yeah, Spencer's Butte especially is one of those places where you, on your way up, you tend to forget you're in the middle of one of Oregon's largest cities. And then you yeah. get to the summit and, oh my God, those views of the entire city are everywhere. And yeah, it's a really, really beautiful hike. And Fisherman's Market, man, I think they actually drive out to the coast, if not every day, then a couple times a week to get their seafood. So it's yeah. always fresh. And yeah, those dipping sauces, you can have a lot of fun with those for sure. It seems like because they always have those fresh crabs, like just kind of like hanging out there. So so like while you're waiting for your food, you can commune with uh, the the crabs <laughs> there. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So. All right. Wow. We've made it through four picks already. And uh, so take us home with your with number five for you. Yeah. My fifth and final pick. This is not going to be a lesser known adventure by any by any stretch of the imagination. But it is one that is near and dear to my heart. <clears throat> and that is taking a boat tour at Crater Lake, hiking around Wizard Island, and then getting back to your car and driving to Crater Lake Lodge for a beer on the patio at the dining room. Yeah. Um, The boat tour itself, you... uh, So the boat tours uh, were a COVID casualty. Obviously, they didn't happen in 2020. They didn't return in 2021. And then just this past summer, they got a new fleet of boats that I think fit a few more people and are... um, I think a little more modern, uh, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ecological, ecologically, uh, it took him forever to get it certified. Um, yeah, <laughs> but they eventually got those things going. So sorry, I interrupted you there. But I like no, no. I appreciate I that information. Re- 
I started reporting a story on it. And again, this is me jumping into the newsy stuff, but uh, Senator Ron <laughs> Wyden just just threw lighter fluid and set aflame the the, yes. the, the concessionaire that runs the boat tours at Crater Lake. And basically yes. they're doing it truly awful job and honestly like hearing from a lot of other people who've gone up there uh it seems accurate um yeah. so sorry so, I, I took a little newsy de- detail in there but um uh, at any rate no, yes, the, boat okay. tour, the boat tours they're bigger more modern have you gotten a chance to ride them yet i haven't ridden the new boat tours um i didn't get a chance to to get down there this summer it was actually my first time other than 2020 in like six years i haven't been to crater lake but um, yeah, it's it's a, uh, I think it's uh, about a mile hike down from Rim Drive to the boat dock, and so you lose about 700 feet of elevation gain, and then you get on the boat tour. You have three options: you can take a boat tour that doesn't stop at Wizard Island. It's uh, I think a couple of hours of narration from a park ranger talking about the park's history, its geology, how it was formed, the national park history there. You can get a narrated tour with a couple hour stop at Wizard Island uh, where you can hike up to the summit, which is known as a witch's cauldron. It's very beautiful, very rocky. Um, you can also hike over to Fumeral Bay, which is a really popular fishing spot. And then you can take the boat back to uh, the main boat dock. The third option, I should say, for the sake of completion, you can also do a boat the uh, trip that just goes straight from the dock to Wizard Island and back if you're interested in just spending time on the island and don't really care about the historical stuff. I would recommend the narrated tour just because you've learned a lot about the park, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of history. But if you're on a bit of a time crunch, that's a that's an alternative. But um, So you ascend the 700 feet back to Rim Drive. It's not an easy hike. You're at elevation. What I have found in the past is when I need a break, there's usually a group of people who are taking their sweet time and you just kind of informally take breaks together on the way back up. And you're talking about the trip and where you're from and how long you're here, where else you're going. It's a really fun. It's actually kind of a fun uh, experience to, to come back up toward Rim Drive and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. You know, I'm at elevation. It's a steep climb. And then just to have, you know, there are always other people who are in the same boat. So it's kind of you feel um, you know, you feel, you feel at home. And so, uh, you get back to your car, you've worked hard, you deserve, you deserve a reward. So Crater Lake Lodge, you uh, could hang out in the dining room, but for my money, one of the most beautiful patios in all of Oregon is the back patio where you can order Oregon wine, beer, non-alcoholic drinks, whatever you want, sit on the rocking chair, just look out over Crater Lake with not a single thing between you and the lake. It's a genuinely beautiful, um, beautiful patio that um, just the, what can I say? The view never gets old. Yeah, that that, that that view is second. I think that's probably, and again, talking about like the most beautiful spots to have a beer in the States. Um, you know, I think Terminal Gravity is up there. And I think uh, obviously the lot, you know, that, that deck you're talking about at the lodge is up there. Gosh. Um, so, so much I, I would, I want to just add to this because, uh, you know, this is such a, a classic Oregon trip. I'm going to tell yeah, two quick things. Well, so um, this summer I edited a piece by a guy named John Waller who wrote about fishing in Crater Lake. Um, it was kind of a bucket list thing for him. He always wanted to catch, you know, wanted to fish in Crater Lake on a fly. And he was able to do that. He had some great information in the piece about how, like, you know, sort of the like classic Godfather guy of, um, <laughs> of Crater Lake, like stalked the lake and, you know, with these, with these rainbow trout and actually that wasn't a good thing because he was basically introducing an invasive species. And so they let you fish there, um, you know, for free, like you don't even need a license or maybe you need a license. I need to check on that and I'll edit this Uh, to make sure you don't, you don't need a license. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. And I think my favorite detail he had in the story was that the fish, the trout in crater Lake are actually getting larger and fatter because there are invasive, like, uh, gosh, green crabs or uh, green, Something or other. Um, Prawns or crabs or... There's something like that. It's some kind of crustacean (laughs) anyway. And so the trout are getting like fatter and bigger. And he said that, you know, you can catch some pretty big ones. So that was just kind of a a really quirky detail. 
And then the other, th- the other story I gotta, I gotta recommend, or the other story I gotta tell is, uh, so years ago I was, you know, when I lived in Southern Oregon, I was backpacking in the Sky Lakes wilderness and I came across these just two truly miserable Pacific Crest trail through hikers who had <laughs> been just getting eaten up by mosquitoes. And, you know, we, we were camping in the same area. So we kind of became pals and they were just like, oh man, how far is Crater Lake? And I tried, we tried to guesstimate and they were like, you know, I was like, I could tell they were, they were like a little apprehensive. And I was like, Hey, I'll, you know, I'll drive you there. And so I hiked out with the, the PC tears, gave them a ride up to Crater Lake. And they were so grateful that they uh, bought me a meal at the lodge and they bought me a filet mignon steak uh, at that fancy lodge there. And it was such a good steak. And um, we were definitely the smelliest people uh, in the lodge <laughs> that day because it's kind of a fancy, fancy spot. But it is um, nice. But I always think about that, uh, about that, that, that filet mignon steak uh, that oh, I had I at Crater Lake Lodge. And then we, we got to sit down on the deck, too. And I was like, man, I didn't expect that out of this backpacking trip. And uh, <laughs> it, it ended up working out. So, yeah, great well, pick. Great pick. Yeah, man. Um, OK, I guess it's it's up to me. Uh, number five. Yeah the last year we've gosh we've tore through this like in record time okay so i kind of struggled to come up with my final selection here because there were really two restaurants that i wanted to include that are in kind of recreation rich areas so the one i didn't pick uh but that i do visit all the time is giovanni's mountain pizza in mill city great place to grab you know a fantastic pizza on your way home from the sanium canyon the mount jefferson area the sanium pass area it does have a reputation for taking a little while uh, to get that. So my strategy is like, I'll like be on the top of a mountain that I've climbed in the area and I will order my pizza there. So that by the time <laughs> I hike down and drive down, the pizza's ready for me. Cause I've like waited, I'm not kidding, like an hour <laughs> um, yep. to get my pizza there. Don't be, you know, so I would suggest ordering that in advance and kind of like picking it up on your way home. Um, so that's yeah. Smart. That's great. Yeah, I, well, it's it's evolved, Matt, over like many many years, and uh, yeah, because it, it's a bummer. Like you, you come back and you're hot and sweaty and stuff, and then you got to wait a super long time. But the pizza, once you get it, is very good, and they also have these like little garlic twisty breads uh, that are good. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually my pick. So my fifth and final pick is actually going to be up the Mackenzie River Canyon. Um, now you could pick a million things to do recreation wise up here, but to keep things just simple, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, mountain biking the lower half of the Mackenzie River Trail. So a lot of people know that the MRT is probably Oregon's most famous mountain biking trail and for good reason. Thing is, the upper 11 miles, which are really scenic, are often pretty busy with, with hikers and also very challenging technically. Um, there's lava rock that will just kick your butt unless you're like an expert rider. Um, so honestly, like my favorite part of the MRT is riding the lower half from Trail Bridge Reservoir on down for about 14 miles to the lower trailhead, swooping through, you know, old growth forest, really fun. And again, considerably easier uh, than the upper half. Um, so that's the ride. That's the adventure. Now, oh yeah, quick note. There is a small closure on this section right now. I don't expect this to be a long-term thing. There's a detour, but just be prepared if you head out there. Now, after mountain biking, obviously always super hungry, ready for a drink. And my favorite place to go up there is it's straightforward. It's Dakota's restaurant. Um, if you've ever been up the Mackenzie Canyon, you've definitely come across it. Great standard, you know, food, fantastic salad bar. And best of all, like similar to Terminal Gravity, it's just kind of got this wonderful, like little back patio area. There's like a little koi pond. I'm often here with kids that can kind of run around and look at the fish. And if I'm with adults, it's just hard to find a more like peaceful place in the Mackenzie in the summer. So that's my pick, um, mountain bike in the MRT and then, uh, Dakotas. Dude, that's a great pick. That's a great, that's a great final pick. I will admit. So I have been mountain biking on the McKenzie river trail once mm-hmm. didn't go well. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but here in the last couple of years, um, last summer, my girlfriend and I went rafting on the McKenzie river. That was where I uh, went rafting for the first time and it couldn't have been more enjoyable. Uh, did the waterfall loop hike out there between Sahali and Kusa Falls earlier this fall. The foliage was just popping. So there's there's something to do in all seasons. That yeah. region is so gorgeous. And then, yeah, Dakotas, it's funny. I had never been there until last summer. A friend and I were staying out there and we didn't know where to go. It was midweek, so not everything was open. Dakotas came highly recommended. We thought, why not? 
And both of the meals we got were fantastic. That patio is mm-hmm. so beautiful and well kept. And you just have these trees and hillsides rising. It's it almost feels like the hillsides are rising from the patio. Like you've, yeah. if you walk out the back door of the restaurant, it immediately starts ascending. That's what it feels like. It's a really cool feeling. And uh, yeah, just a beautiful place. Tons of outdoor adventure. It sounds like the mountain biking down there is, is pretty fantastic. So um, yeah, I love, love, love that pick. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny too. It could be, I think the inspiration for this podcast that we're doing now might've come I think it was last spring when I was at Dakota's and I was like, man, this I'm in such a good mood right now. I'm in a great space. We should do a podcast about this. Who, you know, Matt would be great for this. And oh, uh, so, so here we are <laughs> finally fulfilling uh, that idea. So man, That's all right, well, we, we made it through five. I feel like we could talk about like another, another 10, um, but oh. alas, we've run out of time. So real quick, um, just tell us where to get your book, like uh, plug your stuff, where to get your book. Yes, Moon Oregon is available wherever you buy books. Uh, if you want to buy it on Amazon, great. If you want to buy it through bookshop.org, which donates a portion of its proceeds to local independent bookstores, awesome. And if you'd rather buy it somewhere else, um, whether it is another, you know, your your neighborhood bookseller or another online shop that you enjoy, feel free. I would appreciate it. Um, yeah, and I hope that wherever you buy it, that you find plenty of Oregon to enjoy and love and uh, that you find some great adventures within. Cool. Well, once again, I've been talking with Matt Wastradowski, guidebook writer extraordinaire for all of Oregon. (laughs) So, man, I appreciate your time. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Zach. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to the next one. All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.